0: Welcome from an icy cold Johannesburg to another episode of the Weekly Wrap, a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top news and articles that we have put together for the latest edition of Farmer's Weekly Magazine. We also take a look at some of the trending topics for the week from our online platforms. It has been a dry week for many of us after President Cyril Ramaphosa's announcement That the ban on the sale and transportation of alcoholic beverages, which has already cost our wine and brewing industries billions of rand and over a hundred thousand job losses, would be reinstated for an unknown length of time. The good news, however, is that it has been a particularly wet week for parts of the western and northern Cape, and I am extremely grateful along with those farmers who have received much needed rain and snow, in parts of the country that have suffered multiple years of drought. Today I will be taking a look at the 24 July issue, which will be in stores from 17 July to 24 July. Earlier this year, the Biggs family from the Eastern Cape sold a proven Nguni herd sire for a world record price of 310,000 rand. In the 24 July issue, we speak to Clive Biggs about his family's goal to preserve the original Nguni traits, and also about how the Nandi Nguni stud developed into one of the top breeders of sour felt and harsh winter weather adapted Ngunis in the country. I will also discuss articles that look at some of the latest developments in sugar game propagation, and insect farming. The issue also features Hannes Richards, a pig farmer who earlier this year launched his farm-to-table pork business with a single social media post. One of our most read articles on the website so far this year was the story about the hunguni bull that sold for a world record price in May on an online auction. Farmers Weekly visited the family who bred this bull to find out more about the stud that produced this record-breaking animal. The Biggs family's Nandi Nguni stud of 700 breeding females is one of South Africa's oldest and largest Nguni studs. The animals are run on Sauerfeld at an altitude of between 1,600 and 2,100 metres near Seederville in the Eastern Cape, and they have always been expected to produce efficiently despite minimal inputs. Clive Biggs says the Ngunis need to be able to hold their condition through extremely harsh winters on the felt. They need to be hardy and must be able to utilize all sour grazing by maneuvering their way around mountainous areas. Biggs says that effective and sustainable beef production should be measured by how cost-effectively the maximum amounts of kilograms of beef can be produced from the felt. Nandi Nguni's have, for example, not been dipped for the past 17 years, despite running on red water and gall sickness felt. What's more, according to Biggs, over the last few years, there have been significant changes to the regional climate that the Nandi herd have done well to adapt to. The rainy season has shortened, and their Nguni's ability to adapt to these conditions have been impressive, says Biggs. They have to walk massive distances for water, while still maintaining themselves and raising calves. Biggs also said that for the last few years they have experienced an insatiable demand for their female animals, a clear indication that the demand for quality Nguni genetics in South Africa is strong and growing. Now from beef to a whole different kind of protein. A startup company in the Western Cape wants to become the first in Africa to produce a protein drink from flies. Dr. Michael Woods, co-founder and CEO of Susento, says that insect farming has emerged as one of the fastest growing agricultural sectors. It is also regarded as a sustainable alternative source of protein and can produce 7,000 times more protein per hectare than soybeans, for example. The global edible insect market is expected to grow at a compounded annual growth rate of about 24% from 2018 to 2023, and Susenta hopes to participate in this market with the technique they have developed to produce black soldier fly larvae, for feed and food purposes. According to Woods, the idea of eating an insect is still an uncomfortable thought for some people and currently their biggest challenge to bridge is what he calls the yuck factor that comes about when people think about eating insects. However, Wood says, the market in South Africa seems to be opening up to the idea of insects as food. Now onto something a bit sweeter. The concept of speeding up the process of propagating plants in seedling trays from parent genetic material is not new to the commercial crop production business. However, using this process to produce so-called speedlings of sugarcane is not widely practiced in South Africa's sugarcane farming sector. Yet, according to the seed cane propagation experts, sugarcane speedlings are a far more efficient means of propagating certified seed cane than the use of whole sticks, as is currently the norm in the industry. The speedling method of propagating seed cane can be far more cost effective than using stick seed cane. To produce sugarcane speedlings, all the node sections are cut out from approximately one meter long stalks of mother seed cane. On each of the small node sections, there is an immature bud. This gets planted into speedling trays and it will eventually start growing into a sugarcane plant. The COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown has caused a massive growth in online retail. More people are now buying groceries online, but this trend has not only benefited traditional retailers, consumers who are facing salary cuts and other economic pressures, looking for ways to get more for their hands. This has also seen a rise in the demand for buying fresh produce and other farm products direct from the market or from farmers. One farmer, has experienced the force of this trend is pig farmer Hannes Richards from Ruiz Sienikal in Mpumalanga, who says it was really only a single social media post that launched his now successful business of delivering pork directly to customers via online ordering. It all started when Richards had two pigs that needed to be slaughtered urgently as he could no longer breed with them without the risk of inbreeding. He asked his partner, Andre van Amarve, to post on Facebook if anyone was interested in buying pork straight from the farm. The response was overwhelming, says Richards. The word just spread, and eventually they decided to buy in a few pigs from other farmers to slaughter and pack, just to meet the demand. From there, their business has just grown, and they have had to expand their pig herd within a very short space of time. Richards sends his pigs to an abattoir in Stoffberg. The meat is then packed by Richards and Fandamarva at a local butchery which has given them a workbench in store to utilize. The meat is packed according to each order specifications, ranging from specific cuts to a packaged half pig. The meat is personally delivered by Richards and Fandamarva to surrounding towns, and they will soon also include lamb in their range of products. Now on to some of the top news from the 24 July issue. The communities of Boitaville and surrounding towns will suffer major financial losses due to the cancellation of the Nampo Harvest Day this year. Arnold Steyn, chairperson of the Boitaville Chamber of Commerce, said a study undertaken six years ago showed that Nampo generated a turnover of about 25 million rand for the town and it can now be safely assumed, he said, that that number has since increased to about 35 to 40 million rand. Steyn said the announcement about NAMPO, coupled with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, will have a massive impact on businesses and individuals. NAMPO also serves as a major opportunity for churches, schools and welfare organizations to raise funds and usually hundreds of temporary jobs are created by NAMPO. All of this will be lost this year. COVID-19 could also result in millions of job losses across Africa. According to speakers during a webinar hosted by McKinsey & Company, the pandemic is likely to negatively impact trade, resulting in a drop in earnings and increased price volatility for export crops. It could also disrupt upcoming production seasons, and impede an effective response to challenges such as the locust infestations in East Africa. One third of all livelihoods in Africa could be affected by the pandemic due to the loss of formal and informal jobs, with as many as 115 million jobs affected through job losses and salary reductions. These losses will likely disproportionately affect low income earners and informal jobs with up to 20% of informal workers in African agricultural sectors in danger of losing their jobs. The ongoing ban on the sale of tobacco products might see farmers go out of business even before the tobacco ban is lifted. Francois van Marva, board member of Limpopo Tobacco Processors, said that the senseless ongoing ban on the sale of tobacco products is potentially the biggest disaster ever for the tobacco sector in South Africa, and nobody in the value chain knows how this will eventually play out. Van der Marbe said it was estimated that the industry supported 300,000 jobs, ranging from farmers and distributors to wholesalers and the retail sector. In addition, he said, the tobacco farming cycle for next year's tobacco crop had already started in May this year, and the impact of the ban from March to May, before exports were allowed, meant farmers were already facing cash flow and storage problems. He added that the organisation was very concerned that a large number of tobacco farmers, particularly small-scale farmers, may have gone out of business by the time the ban is lifted. Let's now quickly take a look at some of the top performing news stories from our website this week. The Competition Commission's latest Essential Food Price Monitoring Report is calling for further investigation into issues such as the disparity between farm prices and retail prices and the questions this raised about how risk was distributed along the value chain. The report stated that nearly 20% of complaints received in relation to regulations dealing with customer protection under the National Disaster Management Act had been about the prices of basic food products. It added that initial monitoring had revealed price increases due to the weakening of the RAND, global impacts such as restrictions on export markets, and the initial wave of panic buying by customers at the start of the lockdown. However, the report said price gouging was also evident in some cases, and the crisis has exacerbated certain market features that raise competition issues that warrant further investigation, such as was mentioned earlier disparity between farm prices and retail prices. In world news, COVID-19 might delay the 2020 coffee harvest in South America and the pandemic has also caused world coffee prices to weaken. The shortage of migrant workers to harvest coffee beans in South America due to travel restrictions aimed at containing the pandemic could result in countries such as Costa Rica not being able to complete their harvests. The news agency Reuters reported that farmers have warned that if COVID-19-induced foreign labour shortage was not resolved soon, coffee beans could go unharvested. Reuters also reported that due to a slowdown in demand, coffee prices declined by nearly 10% in April. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join me again next week when I will be discussing some of the features from the 31 July issue with articles on how climate change is causing the deaths of art fox in the Kalahari, fell degradation in the Eastern Cape, is threatening livestock production in that province and we also take a look at what needs to be done to revive SA's declining groundnut industry. In the meantime remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Stay safe, stay warm and happy farming.